Thank you for that. That was very well done. Open your Bible, please, to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. It's our special day today, folks. And we get to come before God in reality, simplicity and humility. Very special day in the life of our our church. In just a little while, in love and tender obedience, we're going to have an opportunity to consecrate and dedicate ourselves to live for the Lord all year. Now, the word consecration means to bring yourself. That's what it means. It means to bring yourself to God and to place yourself into his almighty hands for his glory. It's not a decision we take lightly. Marriage is not a decision anyone should take lightly. It should be entered in very carefully, prayerfully, and with knowledge of the, the Lord's leading. You shouldn't just wake up one day and say, well, let's get married. Shouldn't be like that. I know it's happened in the past, and I know that some of these marriages have lasted uh, the test of time, 50 and 60 years even. But uh, so many marriages today, within three years, I believe it's around 60% are ending in divorce within the first three years. It's outrageous. It's wild. But that's the world we live in. And uh, the reason, I believe, is because it wasn't entered into properly and wasn't maintained properly either. When we come to the Lord to give ourselves into his hand, we need to do it properly. We need to do it lovingly and with obedience. And so that's what we want to talk about now for the next few minutes before we all have that opportunity to come on an invitation and to give ourselves formally to the Lord. First, let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. Loving Heavenly Father, we do glorify you and worship you. And those seraphim in heaven crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Surely those words are ringing in our ears and we know that in heaven your praises and your worship are unbounded. Here they seem to be all fettered down and whispered in little corners and in heaven it's trumpeted, it's shouted, it's, it's sounded with the loudest voices. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Our heavenly Father help us today not to be ashamed of our Savior, our Heavenly Father, and our wonderful Holy Spirit, but to take a bold, loving step of faith today and to give ourselves over into your loving hands. And Father, if we expect to be in heaven one day, why, this is just how we'll behave in heaven. We'll be giving ourselves to you and worshiping you. And so, Lord, let it begin now in our hearts. For some here today, it may be the very first time they've ever been challenged with the thought of giving themselves into your hands. And the devil, of course, will try to put some crazy thoughts in their head of robot or alien or some sort of forced worship or something, not some nonsense. Lord, please have the Holy Spirit protect our hearts and minds today and help us to realize that this is a reality. And we are closer to heaven than we've ever, ever been in our lives. The closest generation to the coming of Jesus. That's us right now, today. 
So undertake for us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'd like you to take a look, please, in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiments, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Well, we have these 24 elders in heaven, and the question arises, who are they? Who are these people, these 24? Now, some uh, believe that these 24 represent the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles of Christ. And that's that could be, maybe. But if you would look, please, at the next chapter, chapter 5, we have an insight as to their identity. It's in verses 8 and 9. I'll read it and you follow with me. Chapter 5, verse 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which were the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nations. And so here is a reference particularly to the 24 elders. We don't know for sure their identity, but one thing we can be very sure of, these were not angelic beings, these 24 elders. These are people, folks. These are people that were worshiping God with these words here. Now, back in verse 4, it says that sitting on their heads were, were crowns of gold. And so each one of these 24 elders had a gold crown sitting upon their head. Now, what are these crowns? A crown is simply a public display of honor. And often it's a symbol of some type of authority as well. They're usually made of very expensive materials. As you can see in verse 4, these ones were made of gold. And I'd like to suggest to you that in heaven, they have nothing but the finest of materials. So this would be the finest gold. Now, I'd like to give you an example, an earthly example of a crown. Do we have that picture? Let's put that up. The imperial state crown worn by Queen Elizabeth of England. And there's a picture of it right there is made of gold, it's made of silver and platinum. It's decorated with precious stones. 2,868 diamonds, 273 pearls, 17 sapphires, 11 emeralds, and 5 rubies. There is no official record as to how much it's worth. But the crown jewels in total are worth close to $10 billion. So... Uh, an estimate, a, a safe guess would be that this crown alone would have a value of around a billion dollars. Isn't that something? Imagine wearing that on your head. All right, you can put that back in the safe. The queen received her crown by right of inheritance. But how did these 24 elders in the Bible receive their crowns? Well, back in the Bible days, when they had the Olympic Games, they would reward the winners with these crowns. It was like a wreath crown that would be placed upon their head. And these were tremendous status symbols. They, they showed everyone that the wearer was the victor in the games. 
And there were other little amenities also that went to the winners. Like today, they hang around their neck, you know, the gold medal, the silver and the bronze. Well, this is how they honored the winners back 2,000 years ago. In the days when the Bible was being finished, the New Testament was being written. And so the crowns that are spoken of in the Bible have a similar concept. Now, God in heaven would have given the elders their crowns as a reward. They didn't get them by right of inheritance. They didn't save up a bunch of money and buy the crown. It was given to them by God as a reward for how they lived their life on earth. The Bible teaches us that there are five different crowns that a believer can win in heaven. There's a crown for being a faithful witness. There's a crown for being a faithful pastor. There's a crown for taking care of your body. There's five crowns in total the Bible speaks of. And so here we have 24 elders, each with a crown that would have been given to them according to their behavior on earth, how they lived their lives for Jesus Christ. Um, there are Christians, however, that are not interested in crowns. When you bring up the subject, they say, oh, wait right there, time out. Hey, I'm not interested in a crown. That has no interest in my heart. Well, sad, but a lot of these same Christians aren't living their lives properly for Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And don't you think that God needs to get blessed? God wants to give. By not living your life for Jesus, you deny God the opportunity of being able to reward you. If you're here today and if you're a loving parent, you know that there's a certain joy in being able to reward your children and give them things. There's a great joy. And God is our heavenly father. And he's looking forward to an opportunity to be able to reward his children. And so for a Christian to say, oh, not me, I'm not interested in rewards, not interested in crowns, then my friend, you're not understanding the whole picture. And you're trying to cut God out of the joy that he deserves. Truth is, we need to live our lives for Jesus Christ. That's just the bottom line of it. Listen, about 25 years ago, in our last church in Ottawa, we had an older lady attending the services. And this lady always seemed to bring a dark cloud over the joy and the fellowship in our little church. We were a small church. In fact, we were very poor. And I remember one Christmas, we went to the dollar store and we bought a number of dollar gifts to be used as a gift exchange. And uh, this elderly lady was also given a gift. And at the right time, everyone opened their, their little gifts and we had fun with it. Well, this lady, when she opened her gift, she had a voice that could carry. And in a small room, a small church, everyone heard her. And when she opened up this gift, she looked at it. And she said, look at that. What am I going to do with that? What do I want that for? I can't use that. Here, take it. Give it to somebody else. And within a few seconds, our entire little church saw what a grumpy old woman she really was. She just had that ability to bring a dark cloud over a little, you know, sparkle of joy. 
Well, I don't know how we got through that little Christmas celebration that day, but the Lord, the Lord enabled us. That woman alienated herself from the closeness that we all felt. And for a Christian not to want to give God the opportunity to reward them. You are alienating yourself. You ought to be interested for God's sake, not for yours. You not ought to go out and try and do things just for the sake of a reward, but you ought to live for Jesus knowing that God will have the joy of doing what he loves to do, to give and to reward his children. So that's the proper perspective on all this. Our heavenly father has some very special crowns waiting up in heaven. And he wants to give them to us if we will live for Jesus. You've heard the story of the man who died and went to heaven. And as he was being shown around, he, he saw all of these uh, gifts, these unwrapped gifts. And he asked the angel, uh, what, are, what are all of these gifts? And the angel told him, oh, he said, these are things that God would have given you on earth if only you had asked him. When we're too much concentrating on this world, when all we can think about is money, career, toys, houses, vacations, cars, boats, things that money can buy, when we're so tied in with this world, that's when we're going to miss the significance of what the crown is all about. Now these 24 elders, they all saw, they would have all seen the the wisdom of living their life for Jesus while on earth. And when they got to heaven, God took great delight in doing two things, not just one. There's something else that we tend to miss. If you look at verse four, you can see the crowns. It's right there. And um, these, these crowns were given each one to the, to the elders as a gift, God lovingly said, here, my son, there's something I have for you. Here's a crown. It goes on your head. Put it on your head. You know, God in heaven wears a crown. Did you know that? And here he is giving a crown, something similar, perhaps, to what he wears. Isn't that something? Here, our heavenly father wants to give us a crown too. And the Bible bears this out, that we are both kings and priests before God. That's borne out in the New Testament. A king wears a crown. Our father, he is a, like king of kings. He wears a crown. And to give a crown to his child, that's a wonderful joy for the father to do that. But there's something else. If, if you look at verse 4, round about the throne were 4 and 20. What's the next word? Seats. That means everyone got a chair close to his. Isn't that nice? The father knows how to reward his children. And if we will live our lives for Jesus here on earth, we one day too will be given a crown and a chair up close to his throne. Isn't that a nice thought? That's what we have here. But wait, we see the elders doing something with their crowns. What is it? It's in verse 10. It says the four and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. Now look at this. And cast their crowns before the throne. They took their crown and they, they laid it. They didn't take it and throw it down as if to damage it. They, they laid it, if you will, at the, 
the feet of the Lord. That's what we have here. They're worshiping God. And part of that worship is giving their crown to the Lord. That's part of worship. Did you catch that? Are you awake? Are you listening? Part of worship is giving your crown to the Lord. Being able to lay that at his feet. That, my brother, my sister, is an integral part of worship. That's very important. The essence of true love involves giving. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave. You see? And we have the essence of worship, love and worship to God in heaven because the elders gave their golden crowns. Now listen, you first have to have a crown to be able to give, right? I wonder if there'll be Christians that'll get to heaven. There'll be no crown. Aw, why? They didn't live their life for Jesus. I told you a story once, uh, a couple years ago, I think. I'd like to tell it to you again. Short little story, true story. According to my mother, anyhow, it's a true story. When she was a little girl, she grew up in one of these one-room schoolhouses. She was born in 1912 and grew up in one of these one little one-room schoolhouses with a potbelly stove. You know what I'm talking about? Doesn't matter. She grew up in one. And all of the students of the different ages and so on, the one teacher there. Well, come a Valentine's Day, all the kids came in. They gave Valentine cards, you know, to each other. And there was this one boy, and uh, they, they, they suddenly noticed he didn't, he didn't get a, a valentine. Oh, look over here. Hey, this boy. I forgot whatever his name was. We'll just call him Billy. Billy didn't get a, a valentine card. Oh, that's too bad, Billy. Here, you can have one of mine. And some others came up to him. You can have one of mine too, Billy. That's okay. Because Billy, you know, was crying. I didn't get any valentine card. <laughs> and they gave him one to comfort him. And then someone asked him, well, Billy, did, did you bring in any Valentine's cards to give to anyone else? And he was quiet because he didn't, you know, he didn't bring in a single one. And then he sniffled and says, well, I, I can't remember all of you. But he never even brought in one. You know, you reap what you sow. You know that. That's a universal principle. You reap what you sow. And if we don't live for Jesus, we're not going to get a crown when we get to glory. But if we will live for Jesus, if we will pay the cost and sow the seed here, we will get a crown up there. And these wonderful 24 elders, they lovingly took their crowns and placed them at the feet of God as an act of worship and love. And it's recorded for us in scripture. Back in Exodus chapter 21, we're told that when a freed slave, he's now free, so loved his master that he didn't want to leave his master, he would go to the, the doorpost and they would publicly bore a hole through his ear. Now, hold on. He didn't go around wearing earrings. But he went around with a hole in his ear. And it was a public sign that he had brought himself back under. Willingly, lovingly, he put himself back under his master for the rest of his life. He said, I'll never get a better deal than this. This is the greatest master in the world. He takes care of me and feeds me and gives me more than I need. He protects me. I want to stay with him. And he would go and get his ear bored through with an awl. However they did it, I was not there at the time. I couldn't tell you, but you know, they made a hole. 
And that was a loving sign of giving himself. Another example we have of giving and uh, worship and uh, sort of, well, giving yourself, we find that in the book of Ruth. Ruth was that Moabitess woman who uh, came into Israel and was born again and and she became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Well, she had a mother-in-law. Does anyone remember the mother-in-law's name? Naomi, right. And Naomi and her husband and her two boys left the land of promise because there was hard times, a drought, and they went over to Moab. They shouldn't have done it, but they did it. And while there, her husband died, her two boys each marry a girl, the boys died, there she is left all alone with nothing, and she's got these two daughters-in-law. So she says, I'm going back to Israel. And so the daughters go to follow her, and she turns and says, my daughters, there's nothing for you. I don't have any more sons. Go back and find, find husbands and raise families. And one of them did go back, but one of them didn't and stayed with Naomi wherever she went. And her name was what? Ruth. And then when Naomi said, listen, why don't you go back? Ruth turned to Naomi and she said, I entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And Naomi said, okay. And so the two of them went back to Israel, and the rest is history. But there's an example right there of such love and consecration. You and I need to bow before the Lord God Almighty today. Today is the right day to do it. It's the Lord's day. We're in the house of the Lord. It's the first Lord's day of the whole year. And we need to bow before God and consecrate our lives to him right now at the beginning of 2020. Not partway through, but now. But do we have anything to lay at his feet? You know, someone says, well, I don't have any golden crown. I can't do what the elders, the elders got down at, at, at Jesus' feet there and, and, and God's feet and they, they lovingly gave the crown. But I don't have a crown. Au contraire, do we not have a crown already? Take your Bible, please. Go back to the book of Psalms. I'd like to show you something in Psalms. If you go to 103, Psalm 103. Psalm 103 is one of the sweet, sweet psalms of the Bible. It begins, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Now watch in verse 4. In fact, read out verse 4 with me out loud, would you please? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. And so here it tells us we do have a crown. God crowns every one of us. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? I mean this. Think of all of the blessings that God has given you. 
Did you know in the book of James chapter 1, it says that every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. It cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is a good God, and he gives good and perfect gifts. I'll give you an example. Salvation. You won't find a better gift from that. How many here today know they're saved, know they have a home in heaven? Raise your hand. If you know for sure you're saved, you have no doubt about it, raise your hand. Look at all of the hands. What a gift. We didn't work for that. We didn't earn it. God gave it to us because we received it. We held out our hand and said, Lord, I am the sinner you died for. I should be in hell. Lord, I don't want to be in hell. I want to live my life for you. Would you come into my heart? Would you be my savior, my Lord? Would you save me? Forgive me my sins. And when we prayed something like that and meant it, the Lord Jesus came into our heart. Salvation and a home in heaven is probably should top your list of benefits. A church family, a Bible, a Holy Spirit to lead and guide you ought to be near the top of your list. Health. Now we love to grumble and complain. You know, oh, this little finger of mine, oh, it twitches and sometimes it'll wake me up in the night with a little bit of pain. Well, that may be true, but listen, what about the rest of your hand? How is it doing? Oh, it's fine. And the other hand? Oh, no problem. In fact, what about the whole rest of your body? No complaints. Just this one little pinky, this one little digit, this guy here. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, listen, stop your whining. Praise God, you got everything else working. You have life. You know how many people woke up today on the other side? <laughs> they woke up today someplace else. They went to bed at night and somewhere in the night. God said, thy soul is required of thee. And they're either in heaven or in hell. They're gone. They don't have life. You have life. Yes? Yeah. I should say that should be near the top. You have a family of your own. You have a home. You have food and clothing and toys. You have medical and dental benefits. You do. You have schooling. You have a job. You have career. You have a car. You have a certain amount of wealth and cash flow. In short, God has given to each one of us time, talents, and treasures. Every one of us has received from the hand of God these benefits and loving kindnesses. That is our crown, my friend. We do have something to lay at his feet. We really do. And that's what Consecration Sunday is all about. It's recognizing that God has been so good to us and that all that we are, all that we have, or all that we ever hope to be, it's all because God has been good and given it to us. And so we lovingly humble ourselves at his feet and we lay our crowns at his throne. There's a touching story about a poor single mother many years ago who worked several jobs for years in order to be able to pay for her son to go through college. Finally, graduation day came. And the young man proudly walked across the platform and received his diploma. As he stepped down from the platform, he immediately went right to where his mother was sitting in the audience. He leaned over and kissed her lovingly on the cheek. 
And he put his diploma into her hands. And he said these words. Here, mom, this is really yours. I would never have gotten it if it wasn't for you. Now, likewise, everything that you have, everything that I have in life, God gave it to us because he loves us. In Revelation 4:10 and 11, the four and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Folks, today is our golden opportunity to consecrate ourselves to the Lord for all of 2020. You do it by faith. That's how you do it. By faith. You don't do it so much by feeling. You do it by faith. It's an act of worship whereby you worship your God and Savior who loved you and died for you, by the way. Right now, would you take out your little paper crown from wherever you put it? Would you take it out right now? Does anyone not have one and needs one? Raise your hand and we'll give you one. If we missed you somehow, there's one over here, two, anyone, three, four over here. Yeah, ushers, if you would just put your hand up nice and high so they can see. And we're going to give you a little crown right now. Okay, over here and over here. A couple got missed. Over here, brother. Yeah. Anyone else? Do we miss anyone? Now just take a look at it, if you will. It says there, time, talents, treasures. These are the... Uh, the benefits and the loving kindnesses that God has given you. It represents your crown. All the blessings of God in your life. Right there. Now take out a pen. Take out your pen. And in just a moment, I want you to sign the back of it. But if you look up here for just a moment, you'll notice that it's the bottom portion. You want to sign behind here. Don't sign up at the top because if you go and cut it out you're going to cut your signature out so you want to make it real so you need to sign it near the bottom so do that right now the date is already on it now your name is on it in a moment we're all going to stand for prayer. We'll stand and, and I'll pray. When I finish praying, the music will begin. And that's when I'd like to invite you to come and join me here at the altar. And bring your crown with you. And don't leave it on the altar. Take it back with you. But it's symbolic. That's all we're doing is just a little bit of sanctified symbolism. You're bringing all of your time, all of your talents, all of your treasures it's not exactly like what the elders got to do. They cast their golden crowns. But I want you to bring your crown with you and get on your knees. Now, this is if you're physically able to do so. If you're physically not able to do so, then remain where you're at. But you have an opportunity, if you want, 
to come on the invitation and bring your crown and get alone with God in silent prayer and pray. You may want to come as a family. Dad, maybe you want to get your your little brood together and put your arms around them and maybe pray for them. But everyone needs to pray. And pray and give yourself the best you know how into the Lord's hands today. So would you stand to your feet, please? And I'll pray, and then it'll be your opportunity to come and consecrate yourself to the Lord together.